three-time Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, Jason Wilde. I'm not going to vote for Trump with my Jason. Why are you always trying to stir stuff up, Jason? Is on Rutledge and Hamilton. I don't know if I will go as far as you will. With Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton. <laughs> All right, boy. All right. Be good. <laughs> Presented by Coors Light. It feels surreal that we have Jason Wilde joining us right now as we're trying to figure out. We talked earlier about Twitter and what's real and what's not. Giannis, his own Twitter, just tweeted out a while, a couple minutes ago. Milwaukee, let's get it. Hashtag Buxton6, hashtag extended. And so now I'm having Ryan saying, what the hell does that mean? Uh, well, Adrian Wojnarowski. I can tell can, you what it means. All right. What do yeah, we got? there you go. All right. Well, share it, Jason. Well, I was going to let uh, Wooly do it, but uh, Woj, Bob. Uh, Giannis has agreed to a three-year, $186 million contract extension. Sources tell ESPN. Well, there you go. You guys want me to call back later? No, no. Well, uh, you know, people like the Packers, at least for now still. Jason (laughs) Willey. Right, right. Uh, you got the Badger, ins- you know, Badger outsider. We got our Bucks outsider. But that's breaking news. Brought to you by Metro Kia of Madison, Madison's trusted Kia dealership. We're bringing you trusted Kia news or trusted breaking news here. <laughs> uh, uh, Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Cruise Light. He's Hamilton. I am Rutledge. Joined by Jason Wildy and Jason. Um, I said kind of jokingly before the Denver game, and it could be changing the depth chart or whatever. But I'm like, if you lose to Denver, I feel like you just got to fire someone because like it's just ugly now. And it is ugly. They're not going to fire anyone, but what's the like? What's your read on this team? Because it just keeps on getting worse on offense week by week as they play worse defenses. So I'm I'm very confused by what's going on. Yeah, and and despite their ineptitude for the third time this season, uh, they had the ball in their hand with a chance to go win the game, and they failed. Right? Yep. Like, you know, I and and. Uh, this is not meant as a shot at the Bears fan on the panel, uh, because they're they're maybe they're starting to get their acts together a little bit. But the the reality is, is that really, really, truly bad teams uh, don't even play close games. Now sure. uh, there are certainly some uh, not so good teams that also find a way to lose close game after close game. And look, the Packers certainly fit that category right now. Um, I just, you know. Again, and unfortunately for you, Jim, you have far more experience as a Bears fan than Packers fans have, but it just feels like they just don't have any real uh, experience with this, and so they really are struggling with how to kind of put this stuff in perspective and the level of frustration that they're experiencing. And so I don't, I don't think that it's quite as bad as it feels, but I understand why it feels so bad because it's so foreign to a lot of fans. Like, yeah, Jordan Love has not played well lately. Totally deserves criticism. Matt LaFleur has not figured out a way to get him going offensively in the first half more than they have. Totally deserves criticism. Um, but I'm not sure that the sky is falling quite to the degree that it feels like. But, hey, 63-6 to in your last four first halves, that's bad. There is no explaining that away, and you better figure it out because those are the kind of numbers that do get people fired. 
And Jason, you know, to that, just kind of following up as you, you know, brought up, and, and rightfully so, like, you know, Chicago this year, you know, has had some blowout losses, but like, it, I just, it could run away from the team. So Chicago was one in seven in one score games last year, which means they played eight of those games. Uh, yeah, they, and, right. and like, they were young, and for a while, Fields was putting up 30 points a game. I think for like a five game stretch, they had the number one offense in the NFL. The defense was just horrendous. So, it doesn't really like at some point. I just worry it's it's all gonna like Jordan Love looks like he doesn't have confidence. The floor figures like he can't figure it out. Nobody looks like they're supposed to be as good as they look. They look and like now they kind of get tougher. They got Minnesota, like that Denver game. I guess just it really could send things in a bad in a bad way. Just like look, it all matters if you win win or lose. If the Badgers lost to Illinois, we all feel worse here. But now everyone's like, hey, the Badgers are on the right on the right track, uh, and they barely won, and the Packers barely lost, and everyone's like. Uh, this is really bad. Yeah, and that's the reality of football, right? I mean, yep. whether it's college football or the NFL, usually it's three to four plays that decide your fate more often than not. Not not always in a one-score game, but you mentioned one and seven in one-score games for the Bears last year. That's what the Packers were in 2008 when Aaron Rodgers took over as the starting quarterback, too. Like, you know, and now you look at the Vikings, and I don't know what's going to happen with them tonight. But, I mean, you're talking about a team that went 11-0 and in one-score games. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. You, you, you hope to be slightly better than 500 in those games, right? And to go 11-0, and that's how you end up 13-4 and and rebuilding, yeah. which is what they appear to be doing. So, I, and the anxiety, uh, I do think that some of it, you know, stems from just not, fully understanding what it's like to live the life that so many other fan bases live. And if you if you go back and look, you don't have to just listen to me, but go back and look at some of the things Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekind said before the season. Like, you have to understand that when they're talking, they're talking in code and they're trying to warn you that we are not a Super Bowl team and we're probably not a playoff team and there's going to be some really major frustrations during the course of the season, and you guys are going to get fed up with us. But they can't say all those things. They, they have to kind of hint at them and imply them. And if you were listening closely, you're not necessarily surprised by the disappointments that the Packers have brought upon you as a fan. And if you weren't listening, they probably come as a bit of a surprise to you, and you're really ticked off. I mean... It's either tick them Which off. Which one are you, Matt Hamilton? <laughs> well, for me, it's one of those like, are you going to tick me off in the preseason by saying this team is not going to be good enough to be get it done? Or am I going to be ticked off in the regular season because I wasn't able to pick up on your code and read your mind? It's like <laughs> I'm not married to you, Matt LaFleur and Goody. I'm not, I've already have one person's mind I need to read. I can't read anymore. Um, yeah, and that's Jim Rutledge's. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's totally Jim Rutledge's. Um, my question is, and it kind of perfectly falls into place here, is if you, as as someone, if you're looking at it from a fan's perspective, because as a, you know, a guy who's writing for it, you're not a fan, but you do hear the murmurs from fans because you're writing for us Packer fans, right? So, no doubt. Where, if you were writing an article that was titled, this is where the blame lies. Like, right now, what do you think is the biggest issue on this Packers team? Is it the defense? Is it Joe Barry? Is it Goody? Is it LaFleur? Is it Love? Like, what? where does the blame lie in Jason Willey's article that you haven't written? Well, well of course, 
because it's me writing it, I would cite all the different places that it lies, <laughs> right? And and it is right, in yeah. a myriad of places, right? Like, for instance, talk about the defense. There's no denying that against two not very good offenses the last two games, the defense has played well enough to win. 19 points and 17 points. LaFleur always says, you hold a team to 20 points or less, we should win that game. And he's right, they should. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, they're also tied for last in the NFL with the fewest takeaways with five. Like, one of the things that a good defense does, frankly, one of the things that the defense last year did down the stretch that allowed them to, I think, look better than I believe they actually were last year and allowed Joe Barry to keep his job was that they took the ball away better late in the season. And that got them back kind of going in a positive direction after they lost five in a row and, like, six of seven. Um, so the, the defense, there is still fault there. Uh, certainly in some of the earlier games when they got gashed for 200-plus rushing yards, they definitely were at fault. Uh, definitely Jordan Love. Like, he, he's, we all understand what he's going through growing pains-wise, but there are still plays that are kind of rudimentary throws that an NFL starting quarterback, no matter their experience, should make, and he's failing to make them. Uh, I think of that throw across the middle <clears throat> before the interception at the end of the game where – Christian Watson gets semi-injured because it turns out he said today he's okay. Um, but that's a throw you got to make, and he doesn't. He, it's a poor throw. Um, I would say Matt LaFleur not having figured out exactly what he needs to design offensively and what he needs to call offensively to put uh, young players who don't have a wealth of experience in positions to succeed, I think he's at fault. Uh, I think blame anyone for this, but I do think their health situation has factored in as well. I still think that with a healthy Aaron Jones... Right, and, but, but again, I'm not sure if that's true. <laughs> I know. Right? I'm, just, like, I'm just trying I, to blame I, someone, Jason. <laughs> right, but, but like, you know, there are things that players can do, right? There's no doubt. Like, if you're going out and having too many uh, sodas, and you are dehydrated the next day you go to practice. I know for a fact that there have been guys during my time covering the team that hit it pretty hard on Friday night and uh, or on Thursday night, and on Friday they showed up at practice, well hungover, uh, didn't drink enough water to make up for their dehydration, and then they pulled their hammy. Like That's the kind of stuff that if you're a professional, you have to avoid. Now, I'm not saying that's happened this year, but uh, I do think that, injuries are more luck than they are science. And yeah. so they've obviously had some bad luck there. So you put that all together, and that's how you end up where they are at 2-4. and four. Are they using crystals to heal those <laughs> hamstrings and stuff? Are they listening to dolphin noises? Uh, I've heard that, I, you know, there are some pretty, uh, there's guys that do a lot of research from what they say about a lot of things. And uh, I, I've heard that that can be helpful. I love self-research. <laughs> Let me find out exactly what it is I want to find out, and I will find it. (laughs) Research. Uh, So, Jason, I mean, when you hear LaFleur and Barry and Goody, and they've never really been through this, so what what should Packer fans take out as confidence that they are going to right this ship? Because last year, as much as we just picked on Aaron Rodgers, to be honest, it was probably Rodgers more than anyone else that lifted that rudderless ship that was going in a really bad direction and he seemed to be the one that 
got it done enough to eke out those victories. And look, he's got the pelts on the wall, and I think the players bought in, and they just kind of followed his confidence and got it done. But they don't have that now. They don't have any veterans, really. So, like, where yeah. does it come from? It's got to come from improvement. And Lord knows that all these young guys have uh, incredible distance that they can improve, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, if, if we're looking at, like, I, I really like Dontavion Wicks. Uh, I think he's shown stuff when he's had opportunities. I think he's a guy that probably needs to play some more, right? I think he probably has earned more opportunities. But Romeo Dobbs has to do more. Uh, he's in his second year. He should be he should be getting himself open more frequently. And I'm, he's not getting the ball, and I don't think it's just because Jordan Love is – I mean, Jordan Love during training camp, that was his go-to guy, more than Luke Musgrave, more than Christian Watson. Christian Watson has to stay on the field first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And then he has to make, you know, there was that throw against Las Vegas, that deep ball, that he's got to catch that. You know, it's those types of plays. Near misses don't count for anything, but they sure stick in your memory when you're struggling and you have those opportunities to make plays and you fail to do so. Um, you know, Luke Musgrave. God bless him. I mean, I don't. I still don't know how he managed to survive that Kareem Jackson hit without getting a concussion. Then he goes out and he injures his ankle later in the game. I mean, you know, some of that is bad luck. But I, I really do, I do see this. And Tausch was giving me a hard time about this, but there are glimpses like the play that that Musgrave gets hit on. Uh, you know, that's an eighteen-yard gain. I thought he ran that route really well and got a really good ball thrown to him. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, there's a third down play that I keep citing on which uh, they hit Jaden Reed for a big com- for a third and seven completion, and it happens because it comes on a play where Jordan Love is in rhythm. He uh, steps into his throw. He gets to that back foot and on time makes the throw. They don't do that enough. They have to start doing that more. That means guys getting open on time. That means love throwing the ball on time. If they can do that and they can get Aaron Jones more involved and a healthy Aaron Jones, I think there's still more than ample reason to think that they can be, you know, a, a 500-ish team. Otherwise, my six-game, uh, six-win guess might prove to be too high. And uh, Jason, we'll, we'll end this on on good note here. Uh, you're, I mean, you like the Bucks. I think it's fair to like Giannis extending or just from a reporter's aspect, like that's a big deal. I mean, that's a, that's a star. five more titles for the the Bucks. But Let's it's a go. it's an NBA star committing to a medium sized market for even longer. It says he believes in his ownership, believes in Dame, and believes in all this. It is a big move, uh, yep. and it, it is remarkable every time it happens when Giannis resigns. Yeah, and he could have waited too. Yes, right? like he, he could have he could have waited and he didn't. So I think that also adds to why it's such a good thing. All right, Jason. Thanks for hopping on. Thanks for uh, sharing the Bucks news with us. <laughs> All right, boys. Take care. Be good. All right, that's Jason Wildey, our Bucks outsider. Our Bucks outsider. This is Rutledge and <laughs> Hamilton. We'll talk a little Giannis on the other side. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts.